Coming up on Chasing the Natty, we gave the game plan to set yourself up for CFF Dynasty last week. Now we're going to take the next step and talk about trading in CFF. We'll be covering trading mindsets in all sorts of type of different leagues. And then we'll provide you with examples for each that we'll discuss and debate which side won. All this and more coming right after this. Looking to Jared Stearns, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. We will continue the Dynasty talk as we have been doing for the last, well, one week. But we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it going this week. Last week, like I said in the intro, we kind of give you guys the game plan. This week, we're going to start talking a bit more about trades. Like that's kind of that next step. You're wanting to look for people or. Ways to fix up those holes in your roster. You have to start with the trading. But to bring it in, we're going to continue on with our guest from last week. Please, everybody, welcome back in Mr. Brandon T. Sanders. Brandon, how are we doing today, sir? Doing well, Jared. Thanks for having me back on. Continuing the Dynasty franchise talk and being better managers and uh, and, and commissioners as we uh, move forward into the 22 season. So I'm happy to be on, man. I'm happy to have you back on again, Brandon. You're, you're always a blast to have back on here. Um, before we get started and everything, we're just going to go ahead and get the housekeeping out of the way, y'all. If you're watching this show on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button right down there. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Make sure you leave a comment right down there, guys. I love talking to y'all. Please give me something. Let me talk to you guys. I want to hear your thoughts. It is incredible, incredible stuff to hear from you guys. I love when you guys DM me on Twitter, which, by the way, you can find me there. I'm at CFF underscore Jared. If you want to find Brandon, he is at CFF University. I believe that is your that is your tag now, right, Brandon? It is, it is the tag. It is the tag. So Brandon is at CFF University. You can always talk to him as well. Great guy to talk to. Um, in addition, if you're listening to this on a podcast, make sure you're following us wherever you are wa- listening to this, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify and Apple Podcasts allow you to leave those reviews. So make sure you leave those five-star reviews. Those are always helpful, and I love reading those reviews there. With that being said, I think that pretty much covers everything for this show. But just a reminder to everybody, we are a part of the Campus Canton podcast and show family, in which case, obviously, we are the CFF show. But we are a part, just one show out of a whole week-long, um, a whole week-long just lineup of shows that you guys can listen to throughout the week that will constantly keep you up to date in any type of fantasy league that you are playing and revolving around college players. Obviously, on Mondays, you have us chasing the natty with myself, Jared Palmgren, and the rest of the CFF team here at Campus Skin, whether that be Brandon, whether that be Nate Marquise, whether that be Chris Moxley, and any other guests that I bring on. We are here for your CFF needs. On Tuesdays, you got Campus Life with Austin Nace and Colin Decker. That is a podcast-only show, so you'll find that on the podcast feed, not on the YouTube feed, but obviously you guys have been listening to them for a long time. They're covering everything college side of your Campus Canton Leagues there. They'll let you know which prospects to be looking out for. 
In addition, Wednesdays, you got Devi Debate, which is live streamed on YouTube at night. That is with Felix Sharp, Mac Bruning, Austin Nace, and Chris Moxley. They're a ton of fun. They will debate all things Devi there as the title of the show would indicate, Devi Debate. Um, and again, they're just a great time. Go hang out with them on Wednesday nights with the live stream. I'm usually there in the chat. If I'm not um, messing with them on Slack, I'll mess with them there in the chat. In addition, on Thursdays, Canton Bound with Austin Nace and Colin Decker, the NFL side of the Campus of Canton podcast. In addition, a new YouTube-only show is now premiering on Thursdays as well. That is The Official with Alfred Fernandez, Matt Powell, and David Nipple on YouTube. They will be covering recruiting um, through an analytics lens. So they're not entirely too... Uh, fantasy side with it but they're going to help you how to identify guys coming out of high school and their nfl potential immediately rather than waiting to see what they did in college they want to see what traits they can find in high school that then translate to the nfl and then finally on fridays you have mr brandon t sanders with his new podcast for CFF Dynasty, as well as just campus to Canton, if you want to use it for that as well the future freshman podcast he will be covering all sorts of guys coming out of high school, as well as um, how their fantasy or how they will translate to a fantasy lens in college, and then hopefully maybe to the NFL. But he's mostly going to focus on those college stats. Finally, we got a couple of everyday shows coming out right now on YouTube. You can find College Football Filtered with Chris Moxley. He'll just be doing quick, short, little twenty-minute video, fifteen twenty-minute videos on just the latest news for college football. And then also on the podcast feed, you got the Daily Draft Report with Dwight Peebles. He is going over pretty much as many uh, as many prospects for the NFL draft before the draft actually gets here. He's doing guys on the offensive and defensive side of the ball there. So if you just want to be up to date on all the draft prospects, go listen to that as well. Brandon, I'm going long-winded here. Is there anything else you want to add to all of this before we really get started here? Uh, I just want to say I, I enjoy this lineup. Uh, you can find most of this actually on the Apple uh, stream that they have over uh, through Apple Podcasts. I believe they might be on a few other uh, spaces as well. Um, my favorite is when uh, after the Debbie debate, they actually record the uh, after show. And my favorite is having Nate on because Nate always uh, goes and is like, you, you got this player wrong or he'll tell him like your stats were wrong on this one and correct. Just like Nate likes to do in the Slack channel oh, for yes. us as well. So shout out to Nate Marquise. He's, he's our guy and he sets it straight when it comes to the actual information as well. Uh, so that was really funny, um, but I enjoy all these guys. I love the daily stuff. Um, just, you know, keep a lookout. Uh, we are going to go in video form. So that'll be available on YouTube as well as we'll find us. Right now we're on Spotify and Anchor. We are going to have Apple here pretty soon and so a couple of the other, uh, you know, platforms for the Future Freshman Podcast. So just be listening out. Uh, so far we got five stars and on Spotify. So thank you for whoever have done that. I appreciate you guys. Um, and just keep it up because, you know, the ratings help on both sides of the coin and actually gets a scene. So people will be like, hey, what is this podcast? And they'll click on it and give it a listen. And that just gives us more love at the C2C uh, site. And that just gets the word out. And that's what we want. So uh, appreciate it. And uh, I, I love the lineup and I'm excited to uh, see it expand here in the future. Uh, again, it, it that's the crazy thing is that we got even more content coming y'all's way. And like, you're, you're not even going to be able to know like what to do with all of it. It's going to be crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff for you guys. So yeah. with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and really get into just trading in general for CFF. 
We're going to break this down between different types of leagues today. So we're going to start off with CFF Redraft. We'll then move into CFF Keepers. We'll talk about how it works in CFF Dynasty. And then we're going to throw a little bit of Campus of Canton in there because I know a lot of you guys out there do listen are big Campus Canton players, but you just want to listen to us because you want to know which college players to look for and everything. That's fine. Mm. I want to give you guys a little something because you guys have been great listeners. But one thing I did want to touch on was just kind of three overall rules for trading that I personally have, and I think everybody should kind of keep in mind when they're doing it. it. Some of it's a bit more abstract. Some of it's just like a more technical. But the first one here, and I don't have a graphic for this. We're going to run through this relatively quickly. But first one to me that's the most important thing is just remember the human. Remember mm-hmm. that when you're trading with somebody, you're talking to another person. You're not like arguing with a like some computer, some faceless algorithm that you're looking at you're talking to a person so you got to remember that if they don't see the trade the same way as you do do not call them an idiot be nice like again like this seems like this seems like simple stuff but i've heard so many horror stories from different people in different leagues talking about how like somebody berated them because they clearly didn't see the value within a trade brandon is there anything else you want to add here yeah um just when you're, you know, this is your league mates. These are, these could be like friends for a long time. These could be new friends that you're making and stuff like that. Just be a decent human being. Like Jared's saying, like understand that everyone has different uh, values and opinions. Um, also, uh, we'll, you know, he'll, he'll talk about that, but everyone has different team needs and, but kind of look at it at both perspective, not just what you got to have or what you're focusing on. Remember, this is a this is a dance. This is truly, you know, negotiation is a dance. It takes two to tango. So make sure that you are tangoing correctly, and uh, you know, don't 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 ruin a reputation or a league or make anything of a negative note. Just just nice and steady. Just keep it chill. No, I, I definitely could not agree more. And the other thing, um, the the first one, remember the human, really kind of just goes straight into the second one for me, and that is. Don't tell someone else what their team needs. Everybody runs their team differently. (laughs) Just because you look at their roster and think, I think that they really need to upgrade their wide receiver room or they have too many QBs, they they totally can just get rid of one of them. Everybody runs their team differently. And I can tell you there's no faster way to shut down a trade then be and then to directly tell somebody like oh your team's going to definitely benefit from this because of this this and this don't mm-hmm. tell somebody else let the trade speak for itself now if they directly ask you and say like okay how do you think this benefits my team then you can offer that information but do not start out with that kind of information that is a very good like i said a very good way to just shut somebody down and make you think that you're trying to sell them something rather than you trying to benefit both sides. Anything else you want to add here, Brandon? Yeah, um, you know, just keep it lighthearted. Um, like I said, don't go directly and say, hey, your team sucks, or you don't have this many wide receivers or this many tight ends. That stuff shouldn't be a direct thing. Honestly, I uh, I either approach usually in joking manner, usually I either make fun of myself or, you know, whatever, or I'll just, uh, you know, talk about things like, you know, ask the person, especially if you know them. So it's like, Hey, how are you actually doing? You know, there's, there's, there's different ways. This isn't just all strategy. This is Mm -hmm. also like we talked about be human. This is your league mates. So for me, it's like, you know, 
I usually sometimes will wait to see if someone will reach out first or they may put it in the league chat. They're looking to make a move. And that's usually when I slide in DMs and we, you know, get the negotiations going. Uh, you'll see one of those trades uh, coming up here in the show uh, where it just happened kind of naturally because we both were seeking out uh, something for our particular teams. But that person that I traded with decided that they needed to um, get a better wide receiver and I needed a running back. So uh, that worked out really good. The other one was, you know, just, you know, striking up conversation. I was looking to get my boy Drake May and I got him. Um, but at the same time, like I didn't necessarily, and that's the thing, like trades, it doesn't have to be so equal. Like if you're after what you're after, it's okay to maybe give up just a tad more to get the guy that you're after and stuff like that. So that's something to also say is that, you know, don't go, pointing out, you know, people's, you know, flaws or whatever in their team or something like that. Just bad etiquette, you know, just yeah. be, be honest, but at the same time, like, say, Hey man, how's things going? Let, this is what I'm looking to do for my team particular. And then that, that usually opens up the conversation. So even if you start with yourself, just don't start the process like, Hey, your team needs this. You know, that's, that's usually not good etiquette. So I, I definitely would agree. And like, like I, I said it earlier, I'll just repeat it again here. Just let the trade speak for itself. If mm-hmm. somebody's going to look at it, they're going to be like, that seems like something I wouldn't want. They're going to reject it. Sometimes you're going to get rejected. It happens, y'all. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine. It's nothing on the character of the person that rejected you. Just know they didn't see the trade the same way that you saw it. And you just move on, see if you can talk to somebody else or see if you can offer something else up. Again, mm-hmm. negotiation is a back and forth thing. Third, this one, again, this one's less etiquette and more of just like, tactical and everything just remember utilize all possible tradable items that can include players that can include draft picks but a lot of people tend to forget things like fab money if you are in a league where you have fab like trade like Mm -hmm. use that like see if you can like if if a trade's like really close but you can't quite find somewhere in the middle like throw some fab money in there maybe see if Mm -hmm. that works out or if you are in a league where you have like a supplemental draft and a freshman draft, like make sure you utilize both of those kind of draft picks in that. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that, that to me is the, the other thing is that people tend to kind of get fixated on just draft picks and just, um, just players sometimes, or that's all they're kind of thinking about. But like, again, look around your league, know your league. I'm going to say that so many times today know mm-hmm. your league and know what can be traded between different people it like because once you do that then a lot more options open up to you anything else you want to add here brandon um same thing like remember that you have these assets do you have more than just player for player so like I said like jared was talking about know who you're trading you know uh they might have a particular college team they like and they might want a certain one I'm a Carolina guy, so people know where the Hummer advantage is at. So if they're like they're wanting to trade away a Carolina player, they know who to come talk to, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, you know, like I might value them a little bit more than some of the others, or maybe you have an Ohio State guy and they just want, you know, every single one of the the wide receivers, you know, that just understand your league mates, understand the league, understand the rules, and understand that you have countless amount of utilities that you can use to make that happen and like jared said if it's it's just teetering like hey what do you think about taking like i don't know five percent of my fab budget or something like that and for those that don't know fab means free agent acquisition budget it's just so it's out there not not right now but i'll explain it now for you so appreciate uh 
basically it's for it's for your waiver wire if you use a bidding system which i find to be the fairest um so if you don't have fab i would talk to your maybe you know step one like we talked about last week talk to your commissioner and see if maybe you guys will change fab versus waiver priority uh, it's just like a game within a game and that's the best part is like you just you don't know if you outbid someone or not until waiver waivers hit the next that day so uh like i said game within a game so it's even better but uh Use some of that. Um, use use your freshman draft picks or your supplemental ones or both of them the same one. Uh, you'll you'll see some examples here. We'll we'll kind of continue, but yeah, yeah, just just remember that. I, yeah, absolutely. Again, those are the three kind of main rules and everything. Like, remember the human. Remember these are people you're talking to. Uh, don't tell somebody else what their team needs. Again, let the trade speak for itself. And then remember to utilize as many options as you have. Like again. Don't get, like I said, don't get fixated on one thing. Sometimes you'll have a deal that's only players. Sometimes you'll have a deal that has only trade or only picks. Sometimes you will have a mix of all different kinds of things. Personally, I kind of love trades like that. Like where you kind of really like pull out the nuances of like, all righty, if I like, let's make this as equal as possible. It's like you have like, all right, you're going to give me two picks and a player. I'm going to give you one pick and a player, but I'm also going to give you 5% of my fab budget. Again, example and everything, but it's just, Fun stuff like that. Yeah. I also like, uh, I love the art of the counter proposal. So it's like, yeah. just because you don't take the exact first one, I mean, you could talk about all of it, you know, and, you know, direct messages or league chat or whatever that you choose to do. But sometimes it's like, all right, this is what I'm feeling. Okay. Me too. Send what you think is, you know, fair. And then I'll come, you know, I'll rebuttal with something. And then that's usually, the art of the trade is like, you don't have to say yes on the first offer. It is okay to counter offer guys. It's okay. I will agree with you 100%. I'm going to add one caveat in here though. Mm-hmm. If you're going to offer a counter proposal, this is just kind of a pet peeve of mine. Don't completely change the deal. Right. Like don't like if somebody offers you like, I don't know, let's say they're offering you like CJ shroud and B. John Robinson and you're countering, or and they want to get Travion Henderson and Quinn Ewers. Mm. Like, don't then off like counter propose with, oh, but I want Malik Cunningham and Rashina Ali. <laughs> I, I want Malik Cunningham and Rashina Ali for, I don't know. Like again, I'm, these are like absurd names I'm talking here, but like, right? Like I want Malik Cunningham, Rashina Ali, and I'll give you like, I don't know, Deuce Vaughn and. Caleb Williams or something like that. Like, right. don't comp- don't change the names. Like, try to keep it relatively the same. Like, shift like you change like one running back or like shift the shift the round of the pick just a little bit or something like that or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Again, to me, it's not helpful to just completely change the deal and the counter proposal. That's almost a different trade talk at that point. Yeah. Like, if that make, I, I hope I make sense with that. Yeah, it does. The, yeah, you're looking to just adjust you're not looking to just completely blindside people so that's that makes a whole lot of sense all righty so with that we talked about that long enough good god we're only already 20 minutes in let's get started um <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about cff redraft this is probably going to be the one we spend the least amount of time on today because if you play in cff redraft you know that trading isn't a huge part of the redraft process mm-hmm. more often than not you're focused on the draft you're focused on waiver wires stuff like that but Trading is an option, so let's talk about it a little bit here. To me, the big the I am not as huge of an advocate of having an early trade deadline in a lot of leagues. I will say it for redraft, mostly yeah. because 
it is very, very easy for in those later weeks after like you would normally have a trade off where you have teams that are just completely out of it. It's so easy for them to just be like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just trade it up. I'll just trade it away to somebody and they get nothing in return. Like again, mm-hmm. in a dynasty, at least you're looking to get some high picks, maybe trade away some of your seniors and stuff like that. To me, that makes sense. That's why I'm yep. personally okay with tanking for the most part. Like no obvious, mm-hmm. like, we'll discuss that more when we get to dynasty and everything, but like, yep. To me, a trade deadline is almost a must in redraft leagues. And then the other part of redraft is we talked about earlier where it's like you can have a mix of draft picks, you can have a mix of um you can have a mix of draft picks, you can have a mix of um players, you can have a mix of fab bunny. Don't get that in redraft because really all you get all you have to work with is your players. Now mm-hmm. you can play around with that a little bit and be like, all right, I want one big player, like a top player, and I'll give you like two or three depth pieces that you can work with stuff like that yep. but to me your options are more limited in cff redraft brand is there anything else you want to kind of add here i'm um, just to elaborate um you know a lot of us play in nfl fantasy as well and i did have a uh you know actually he's one of my best friends and he was in the league and he it didn't go his way so he literally tried to drop all of his good players for then the waiver wire to go completely crazy or he tried to trade there as well so it's important like it's different because nfl has an nfl actual trade deadline in, mm-hmm. in real life so a lot of people use that you don't have that in college but you don't need to be trading when you're in the championships in week 11 and 12 right so I it's agree. like ha- have a deadline and also if it, there's a way to make it undroppable or just a common rule don't drop your good players if you know you're in redraft with like week 10 when people are trying to you know because then everyone's just going to throw all their fab or all their waiver wire priority right there because let's face it in redraft it's about how you draft and it's also about the waiver wire waiver wire is everything in redraft as well so it's like if you disrupt that by just dropping all these good players say if you drop ali and you know now you have the top one of the top running backs wide open in waiver wire that's just going to just make things really really awkward and it's just not going to be fair for the person that gets it especially if they are championship caliber team already that year so i definitely agree and i am thankful that i've never actually run into a situation like Mm -hmm. that normally if somebody is like that down in the dumps with their team they're not paying attention enough to where they're like thinking about something like that yeah me and my best friend had to have a good heart to heart i was like bro if you're gonna stay in this league that's not happening anymore so he hasn't done it since so we came to a great understanding (laughs) again to me that that that's more etiquette because like trade deadlines you can set a trade deadline you can't set a period of time where you can no longer drop players in a redraft Mm because that affects everybody obviously yep so and you don't ever want to like have a cutoff to where it's like oh well if you're if you've lost this many times you're basically just done with this league you might as well mm-hmm. run an eliminator at that point which Pretty eliminators much. eliminators are fun um as but well there's no, best ball yeah uh, but yeah in best ball in best ball very mm-hmm. much though mm-hmm. but even so again to, not too much to talk about with CFF redraft in terms of trading to me again you're using only players so make sure those players are along the lines of the same value when you're trading or like i said earlier if you're trading a a top player for some uh depth pieces and everything that's pretty much as complicated as trading goes uh bring it back we're gonna go and move on to cff keeper leagues now Mm -hmm. this one to me is i'll be real the most complicated one mostly because this isn't a mindset that people typically find themselves in and also Mm. keeper leagues tend to have so many different rules that can affect the value 
of a draft pick in terms of how it's traded and used. So to kind of break this down a little bit, if you have a league, sometimes you have a league to where your keepers are the first three rounds of of next year's draft. So you then have to kind of shift. You have to shift a little bit where it's like, okay, a what is a 401 is really the 101. Stuff like yep. that. Like that that's one type of league. Again, this is where it gets complicated because again, I have it's like very specific. Sometimes in like one of the keepers I have, those uh the last three rounds are your keepers. So the 101 is the 101. You have to know your league. You have to know what's going on with that kind of stuff. In addition, uh, another type of league that we're gonna kind of touch on here with our example is you can have a league where Sometimes a team is allowed to give up, like uh, forfeit their first round pick due to somebody um, at like getting an extra keeper. So like say you have the three keeper league, but you're allowed to give up your first round pick for a fourth uh, for a fourth keeper. All of a sudden, like enough people do that, those second round picks, those early second round picks that you had, suddenly start turning into fir- basically first rounders because all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You're in the top uh, 12 picks instead of the top 24. Um, again, these are just things you got to think about. And that's where, again, keepers get a little bit, um, they get a little bit, uh, I, I think I've said it a thousand times, they just get complicated. And so again, I've, I've said it once, I've said it before, know your league and make sure you are very, very familiar with what the process is. And if you're in a keeper league for the first time, like maybe you took over an orphan or something like that, talk to your commissioner, figure out exactly how things are working going Mm. forward. So Brandon, is there anything else you kind of want to really add on the keeper league side of things? Not a whole lot. Just kind of keep in mind, this is a mashup of both redraft and some dynasty mindset. So this is like a a crazy tweener type league, which I love. Um, So just kind of keep in mind, like, those those people that you are keeping this is a long-term kind of commitment type Mm -hmm. situation just like in dynasty are you really ready to give up you know a possible first second and third or vice versa are you willing to keep five keepers and lose your extra first and second round pick i mean those are the things that you kind of kind of keep in mind so when you are trading in those keep in mind some of those assets you might be able to kind of uh get you know get rid of in order to keep the keepers the way you want to but also keep the draft capital you want so that's that's kind of like the the game play in, in keeper so yeah I, I i definitely would totally agree and the other part i want to point out here is that if you're in a keeper league and say you have only three like you're only allowed to have three keepers mm-hmm. but you're looking at your roster and you're like god i have like seven guys here that are totally all worth keepers like maybe you just build a monster team and you're like all like seven of these guys are going to be like first second round picks next year use it yeah use it them. well not 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 even keep them trade them figure sure. out who your top three are the rest yeah. of those guys are trade fodder at that point use mm-hmm. them find a team that is struggling to find some decent keepers figure out like all right you aren't you aren't doing very well or like or i think that you're not doing well don't like i said don't tell them that but mm-hmm. you find a team that's like okay maybe they're looking for some keepers I have some guys that are keeper worthy players that I'm not going to be able to keep. Let's see if we can make something happen here and I get some extra early round picks for next year. Because you don't want to be at a point where your keeper league is punishing teams that have built monster teams. You want teams to be able to kind of trade away those 
big values in order for people to like in order to accumulate like more draft picks for that next year's draft and everything I, i'm hoping i'm making sense i'm sorry y'all i'm i've been kind of back and forth all day i feel like i'm losing my train of thought half of my sentences right now so please forgive me if that's how i'm coming across today so did that kind of make sense brandon like if you yep. like if you have players that are kind of on that chopping block but you really don't like you would normally keep them if you just didn't have such good players ahead of them Make sure you trade them first before you cut them. Yep. Makes perfect sense. Why not shop them around before you decide to keep or cut? So makes sense. Uh, yep. Pretty much that. And let's go ahead and talk about an example here. So this comes from Mr. Nate Marquise, again, contributor at Campus Canton and one of our good one of our good buddies. But he kind of mm-hmm. gave us an example recently where he had a monster team. Yeah. Uh, again, just looking at some of his keepers, he had guys like Braylon Allen, Caleb Williams, Tavian Robinson, uh, I think Sean Tucker was in there as well. I can't remember the guys off the top of my head, but again, yeah, just monster, monster team. Xavier Worthy, monster team. So he had to trade some of them away. So what are we looking at here? Well, he took a guy. He, he had took two guys on his roster, J- Jordan Addison and Blake Corum, and he traded them to another team who offered him back a 2022 third round pick, fifth pick of the third round, a 2023 eighth round pick, and then 10% of their FOB. Now, the caveat here is this is one of those leagues where if you like if you keep a fourth or fifth person, you vacate your or you forfeit your first and second round picks. Thus, that third round pick all of a sudden becomes just a little bit more valuable because people are keeping extra players. So this mm-hmm. is more if I Nate Describe this correctly. This is it says it's a, like a mid third round pick, but this is more than likely going to be a mid second round pick. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, what do you think of this trade, and which side do you think won this trade at the end of the day? So, I think overall it's smart. Nate told us to roast him, so I'm going to roast him just a little bit. Nate, if you just waited for you know maybe spring games, maybe closer into the you know as we get the season, you probably would have got more, especially for Addison. Uh, Corum, that's a great. I like that throw-in option for Corum. Corum's like one of those. I wouldn't say he's like top tier, but he's definitely like a tier down. But he's still an effective CFF running back. I mean, you saw what Haskins can do now. Corm has the backfield in Michigan. So, I mean, that's that's good. But Jordan Addison is a first-rounder uh, in CFF redraft and in uh, dynasty startups and things like that as well. So, uh, I love the 305 because he's going to get his uh, second round. Uh, I forget some of the names he had, but his team is uh, uh, it's probably going to be in the championship game. So, I oh, can't yeah. hate Nate for it. But I think if Nate just waited a little bit longer, he probably could have squeezed out maybe an extra round pick, maybe a higher 2023, maybe even 15% of the fab. I mean, he could have just squeezed out a little bit more of the juice out of the orange, but I can't fault him for this because he needed to keep his first and second round. So now technically a 305 is like him having two second round picks and he's sitting pretty. And now he's got an extra 10% fab that he can go out in the waiver wire and make things happen. Cause like we talked about last week, there's always that one person that shows up out of the blue that you need to drop all your waiver wire on because they just blow up and they're the next big thing in CFF as a freshman or maybe a transfer. So um, I think overall, great job, Nate. Just would have waited a little bit longer. That's it. Yeah, I have no problem with the 2022 uh, 305 pick there. Yeah, not Again, at all. Like the, this type of league just isn't designed for people to 
give away their first and second round picks because again mm-hmm. all of a sudden you might get another guy and then you have like you want to have that first and second round pick in order to have extra keepers so probably the most valuable thing you can realistically get is that third round although if you like basically went up to some or if you go up to somebody and it's like you have them you like you're giving them addison as like their fourth option and you ask for their first round like technically they all they're doing is giving up that first round regardless it's just now they have addison on there as well yeah but also like that kind of begs the question then of like oh what if they just force you to drop them and then they use that first round pick to pick up addison the next anyway i'm this is getting too complicated too complicated (laughs) the big problem i have is you had to have gotten a better option out of 2023 than an eighth round pick even in a keeper league like that's that's more equivalent to like a sixth round pick in in like a or that's more equivalent to like a like tenth eleventh round pick possibly um, yeah because again you got to think about all those keepers taking off those top three rounds effectively so you're mm-hmm. basically treating that as a, like an eleventh round pick in a redraft and you had to have been able to get something better than that in my opinion especially for Jordan Addison a top receiver for next year a guy that yep. is a borderline like high second round or, or late first round kind of guy for redraft mm-hmm. this year. I feel like you could have gotten something just a little bit better there. And honestly, I would have almost foregone the fab money a little bit in order to get just a little bit higher pick there maybe. Yeah, I agree. So that's our example for keepers. Again, this is by far the most complicated part of it. We're going to go ahead and move on to the part that you guys are probably all waiting on. And then <laughs> we're going to talk about some dynasty yes brandon i'm gonna let you i've taken over the first two i'm gonna let you really kind of drive the discussion on cff dynasty trading so what do you got sir so we're gonna remember you know the like i said you can use whatever strategy that you have but kind of the uh the guide that we kind of gave you last week kind of just remember those steps and however way that you compartmentalize that to go along with it dynasty needs you know it's a long term it's you know having these players for multiple years, you're trying to win a championship because if you're not trying, then why are you just sitting there rebuilding year after year? I get for one or two years, but the goal is to get better and to make sure that you're in a championship run. You don't want to sit middle of the pack too long and you don't want to sit at the bottom just collecting, you know, freshman picks for too long either. Get what you got to get and then get to the championship, right? So um, when it comes to dynasty, you just got to make sure that It makes sense for you. Um, Like we said, don't tell the other person that they need to do this, this, and this, like I said, etiquette, but at the same time, like understand your league, understand your league mates. And then when you see an opportunity, whether that's someone reaching out to league saying, I'm looking for this, or you're saying there's a particular guy that I want. So you start out the discussion with, Hey, this is what I'm looking to do. Um, can we make this happen? And that's where the talks begin. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll go into the uh, the example here if you're ready, unless you got anything else you want to add to Dynasty before we move on. No, again, pretty much with like a lot of these other things, Like <laughs> once we get into the examples, we'll be able to have something that we can really kind of... <laughs> again, the examples provide us a great way to kind of show people what we mean when we start talking about some of these nuances for these different types of leagues and different types of training scenarios. So you're right. Let's go ahead and get straight into some of these dynasty trades. First one we got here on side number one, they are giving away Marvin Harrison Jr. and a 2022 
fourth round pick. Side number two is giving away Will Shipley and the 2022 fifth round pick. So we're, I'm going to go ahead and argue which side of the trade I personally think won this deal. And the person receiving Marvin Harrison Jr. and the fourth round pick, in my opinion, won this trade. I don't want to say hands down, but I definitely would feel a lot more comfortable being on that side of things. And here's why. First and foremost, Marvin Harrison Jr., I think the lead wide receiver at Ohio State at the X position on the outside, which is where Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be, is more a more valuable position than will than um the lead back at Clemson, especially if their offense is going to continue to struggle. Now, granted, I think Will Shipley is an incredible bat- talent as a running back, so I think he could bring Clemson's offense back to where it was with Travis Etienne. But even still, like I just think Marvin Harrison Jr. is just a little bit better of a prospect down the road, in my opinion, just a little bit. But in addition to that, you're also getting a fourth-round pick and only giving up a fifth-round pick. So if you have a fourth-round pick, you're already you're getting, now getting two fourth-round picks, and you're getting a prospect that, in my opinion, is a little bit more valuable than Will Shipley. So I think Marvin Harrison Jr. in the fourth round wins this deal. And Brandon, I know you're kind of twinging a little bit on the inside because I know you're the one who gave up them in this deal. But argue for me. You're the one who received Will Shipley in the fifth round pick. Why do you think you won this trade? So I actually will agree with you because to me, it's not about winning a trade. It's about necessity, right? So this is dynasty. Um, Yeah, it was hard because Harrison was going to be one of my guys. Luckily, I've been lucky to have a few juniors and seniors that I actually have ranked or is ranked higher than Harrison as far as our overall rankings at the CFF team or myself personally. However, it was worth it for me to do that because uh, here's some rebuttals. I am I was in desperate need of a stronger running back. The guys I have were in tiers that are tier three or tier four, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're good, they're good players. CFF always has great players in those things, but I needed a top dog to really do it. So here's here's the thing. Clemson's struggling, right? We've heard it from Chris Moxley on the uh, College Unfiltered show where he broke it down a little bit. Will Shipley might be the fantasy asset that you want to have until they figure out this QB situation where the DJU fixes what he got going on in the brain or Kate Klubnick takes over and he starts dropping bombs on people. But until that, Will Shipley is the trusted one to really get the job done. He's coming back from injury. He looks great. Um, for me, I needed that because, well, you know, we're looking at team needs, right? I, I needed to have a better tier. And if it meant giving up Harrison, who I think is in the tier two, I think it was worth to drop, you know, to drop that, to go on with it. And here's the, you know, the backstory. And this is why counter, um, counter offers are good. Initially, uh, are my trade partner and he knows who he is. And he's also talked about on the different podcasts, but, uh, he wanted to do uh, a seventh round. So I was like, no, 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 no. I, if I'm going to give up a fourth, I want the next one over. So I'm okay with having two fifth round picks because I trust myself to look at these freshmen or, the people that we have on our waiver room be like, I can find great value with another fifth, even though I'm technically losing a fourth round pick. Yes, I have the third pick in each round. So it is a higher one, but he also has the fourth pick in our round. So for me, I'm getting the 504. Now I have 503 and 504. That's 
pretty solid to me. So did I lose? Yeah. But did I win as far as a team build and actually now looking stronger where I'm a better, now I'm not middle of the pack. I, I think I finished fifth or sixth. I don't remember. I think Jared might know more than I did, but uh, instead of being in the middle, now I consider myself to kind of be in that top four, top five teams that I can now compete. And my partner that I traded with, he was, I think either in the championship game or the game before that, but either way in the semifinals. Yeah, so I mean, a great team, and he needed he needed wide receiver help because he lost more wide receivers. I lost more running backs, so it was a perfect trade scenario. He uh, said in our league chat he's looking for particular players, but you know, I was like, "Hey, I have these many people," and he's like, "I want Harrison." I was like, "Well, let's let's talk value," and then you know, uh, you know, there's other guys on the table. One of them being Rasheen Ali and Travion Henderson, but I wasn't about to lose more because that trade value would have been much higher Oh yeah, uh, where Ship- Shipley was still in a, in that tier, like right right underneath, I would say Ali and Henderson, but wasn't worth as, you know, same like didn't cost me as much. So I feel like overall, like my team won, but I, yeah, if we're looking at trade wins for sure, uh, my, my trade partner definitely got the job done for sure. Yeah. And so like, this is fun because the next example we're about to do here, like this mm-hmm. example is, how we're valuing it now. Like, yep. how do I think you won the trade here and now before the season is even played out? This next mm-hmm. one actually comes from a dynasty league during the season last year. So we were talking about, like, this is an off-season trade. This next one was a near the end of the season trade, like right near the deadline. And so the next one we have here was after week nine of last year, so the last four weeks of the season... One person gave up Sam Howell to a championship-level team and in return got a first-round pick that he has since turned into Trevante Citizen, freshman running back at Miami. First of all, this league is crazy for how early they have done their freshman draft. I was going to say, like, they've already done their freshman draft. They've Come already on, done their they've already Spring done their games, fr- guys. Spring games. Wait. They've, they've already <laughs> done their freshman draft, which, you know, some people like that. Some That's people cool. like that. Some people it, just it, want to do the prospect part. It's just say, like it, uh, it's kind of the same. Drafts I would say it's, I would say it's the same thing. It's like rookie drafts in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like some people like having the rookie drafts before the draft because they're just like, yeah. oh, you should like you should like plant your flag on a guy before you know which team they go to. Which I've never quite understood that because I'm not on that train. <laughs> I'm not on that train. I'm like, no, situation matters so much, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be screwed because. I got bad luck in terms of where my favorite prospect got drafted to because I have no control over that. That's again, that's a part of the fantasy I want to have is control over some of those things. Mm-hmm. Even so, we're getting off track. Let's get back to this trade. So, Brandon, who won this trade? Giving up Sam uh, Howell after week nine and getting a first round pick for Travante Tre- Citizen or the guy that picked up Sam Howell but then lost in the championship game? They got second place in the league. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it sounds like our, our friend ATL Dan here, he's uh he he gave away Hal, and this is around the time that Hal was banged up. Like literally Hal Hal and Downs were the only thing really going. And at times Ty Chandler for the Tar Heels, right? So they didn't have that extra back. They didn't have an, a, a dominant wide receiver too. Sure. They're working on that, right? But for now, this is where Hal was banged up. He might have missed a game. I think it was either week 10, maybe, or it could have been week nine so i think it was week you know, 11 because they were playing wolford that week right yeah it was like a really you know it's like an fcs team right so you know carolina was supposed to or at least you know projected to win they did think 
thank goodness. Um, but, uh, you know, how was, you know, declining? He was using running more than his passing. He's still effective. He was really good. But to get out at the end of the season, I think was really smart because you, you probably want to get rid of how when he was on top of things, especially when he was going up against like Pitt or uh, Wake Forest, where they're like shootout games where you need those points that Sam Howell was producing there at Carolina. So uh, it made sense now that he was declining and you could tell that he was just ready to, uh, he was ready to end the season, uh, try his best to win the way he could and then get ready for the NFL draft. Right. So I, this is great because now you get a first rounder. Uh, I do like citizen. That's somebody that we're going to talk about in the future freshman podcast here coming up probably in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I mean, right now we have what Knighton as far as the overall running back. Uh, uh, you got Knighton, you got Don Cheney, mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. uh, Henry no. Parrish just came over there from Old Miss. That's right. Yeah. And then you got Cody Brown there as well. Who's a freshman this past year. Gotcha. Um, I see citizen maybe taking it by year two, possibly maybe three. If anything, you have a stash where eventually I think citizen will wind up be the lead back, whether oh, yeah. it might be next year, or the year after for sure. But this is where dynasty comes into play. It's just, can you sit on them for those couple of years? But overall, I like it because of the time frame. If this was early in the season, I would have said, no, thank you. Um, I'm trying to win. But he knew where he was like, hey, I'm not going to wind up winning this time. I need to give it to a contender. Um, but this is also week nine. Like this is where probably a trade deadline needs to take place in your league. Because yeah. if it was week 10, I'd be like, oh, that's that's kind of it is getting it's kind of like you're helping out. Yeah, you're helping out the championship. But I do like. Uh, trades in week eight, week nine, when you kind of start seeing a bigger picture and you can start figuring out, all right, I'm not going to win this year. I'm definitely, you know, fifth and under. I'm not going to be in the top four or the top six or however that you have going in your, oh, yeah. your championship weeks, right? So it's like if you're not in that space, it's time to get out on some of those players and, and uh, get you some value. And uh, I think this is a good deal for uh, our buddy ATL, Dan. Um, like I said, you got he, you know, the film's great. And I think you got somebody that's going to start regardless if it's for Miami or he transfers out, you got a starter at least in the next year or so. So kind of, I, I like it. And I, I actually do. Again, my, my biggest problem with this one is I just personally don't like who he picked with his first round pick. I, I like this and don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I don't think he's a first rounder this year in, uh, in the freshman drafts. Um, but even mm-hmm. still that, that's outside of this. Right. If I just saw him trade Sam Howell for a first round pick that next year. Totally in. I'm totally yeah. in. I made several yeah. trades like this last year. I traded last year. So, so for some more examples here, I don't have graphics for it, but some more examples mm-hmm. here. I was second to last in our Dynasty League last year. I had a very, mm-hmm. very rough year, but I had Kenny Pickett because mm-hmm. I drafted him and I was just like, he was much better than I ever could expect him to be. Yeah, he did great. But um, I traded him away for a second rounder and Kyle McCord. In, in pretty much the exact same scenario here where I'm like, all right, just starting to think about the future. So I got Kyle McCord. And then the other one was I traded away uh, Drake London for JoJo Earl and a second round pick. Which that turned out to be pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I felt a little bad because I think it was like the very next week Drake London got Yeah, London went down. Yeah, went, went down. I was just like, well, I feel like then I just got JoJo Earl and a second round pick for free. Um, Basically. But that's the risky play. So. But it's it's the same it's the same mindset as this one, where it's like you're at the end, mm-hmm. you trade away some of your guys for some future picks, maybe some younger guys. Totally cool with this. Love this kind of mindset towards the end of the year. I'm personally okay with like teams that are going to the playoff or like very close to the playoffs. So like that top six team, 
totally looking at those bottom teams and being like, all righty, let's see if we can try to trade out some of our picks, go on a run this year, mm-hmm. play the risk like that. I'm totally cool with that. That's why I'm okay with later trade deadlines in Dynasty than I am in Redraft. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and hit up another Dynasty. So we talked about one that is already, we two that have already happened. One that is from last year, towards the end of the season. Another one is one that's happening this offseason. This next one hasn't happened yet because it's one of my trades, but I want to discuss it here because I find this one pretty interesting. So what is happening is that another team is offering myself, Garrett Schrader, and a 2022 sixth round pick for Kyle McCord, who's on my team, who I traded for last year, and a 2022 late second round pick. So, Brandon, this is my trade. I have my own thoughts on this, but I want to get your like initial reaction to this. What do you think? So, I know you know that you have a couple second round picks. So, this I understand where this might be a little easier for you. What I would recommend is this is the same trade partner that I have. Maybe see if you could, I mean, he's going to hear it, but I mean, it is what it is. I think it might be a little bit, maybe try the fifth round to see if it happens. If he's like, no, that's not going to be a deal breaker, back off from it, you know, and then maybe talk some fab or something like that. But you're essentially giving away someone that could possibly start next year or they're going to transfer and probably start next year, whereas a guy that can help you win now because Schrader is – an absolute beast when it comes to the run. Um, isn't it Syracuse that got the Virginia yes. um, coordinator? So look what happened with Brendan Armstrong last year. Holy cow. If Schrader can do three-fourths of what um, Brendan Armstrong was able to do, and and that man was a gunslinger, uh, that's that's high. Uh, that's high fantasy points. Um, that's, a, that's one where now you have a, a dedicated quarterback that you could probably start most weeks until his bye week and stuff like that. Uh, and so then you have some depth, right? Um, mm-hmm. But McCord is a, you know, he's, he is, you know, considered a stud. That's why he's at Ohio state. Um, so maybe try to get a little bit more value out of it. Um, but honestly, I, I see it more even, whereas my trade, like I get it. Like I, I was expecting to lose that trade, but I needed it for, for my team, right? Like yeah. it's about team needs because that's what we talked about in the, you know, in the, in our dynasty guide, it's just, you got to figure out what's best for your team and how you can get from, you know, middle of the pack or last up to first. Right. Um, and I know where, you know, you're coming from a rebuild type situation. So this is a, a strong player and you're getting some value at a, uh, you know, a, an extra rounder that you can use. And like we said, we have a supplemental and a, uh, and a freshman one, so you could do either or. So that's, yeah. that's pretty important for the sixth round pick. Just maybe see if you can squeeze a fifth or maybe some fab at it or something like that. So. So you had a very similar mindset to where I was kind of thinking where like, Mm-hmm. Again, I like having three second round picks. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Yes, and I'm almost a little okay with giving up. Like you, you're saying move up from sixth to fifth. I would like if it's that. possible. If I would like that, but I'd almost also counter with I'm okay with giving up my third round pick instead of my second round pick. Here, yeah, because it's like maybe what a pick or maybe less between the two, between your late second and your third, right? Because yeah, you're, and what, then three maybe, to one? And then he, he's very close to the turn in the fifth, sixth round. So mm. that's not a huge difference there either. But to me, just getting a slight bit more value there, 
I would mm-hmm. think. Because again, he's going to get a stud out of Kyle McCord, whether yeah. he transfers somewhere else or if starting somewhere. Or if he does wait behind CJ Stroud this year, he's the mm-hmm. probable starter or the odds on favorite starter that next year if even if Devin Brown can't beat him out. Or mm-hmm. if, if if Devin Brown doesn't beat him out. So then he has the starting quarterback for Ohio State. Here's the other thing, though. This is the part that surprised me. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, uh, my team's not in super great shape. I'm going to might need to be in rebuild mode for, like, this year and, like, or this year and then try to do it for next year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but, and Garrett Schrader's like, that's like a one-year deal, right? Because he's been around yeah. forever. Yeah. How many years of eligibility do you think Garrett Schrader still has? I think two isn't he going to be a super senior or he has a graduate option he has three yes he he's three. a junior he has three combo court has four so that's not that's not too big of a that's not a that difference big. you think so straight has been a, around it's just i guess he's either redshirted or just he's has eligibility. he and he has an extra uh, year because covid and everything so he's got three years oh, i forgot about it yes yeah, so he could be a super senior if he wanted to wow okay this makes it a little bit more even than I thought it was going to be. All right, that, that's what, that was my deal as well. Where I was just like, "This is actually a little bit surprising," in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Of like, I was like, "Huh." The yeah, I was I was a little I was a little surprised. Where I was like, I I'm like, that my I... <sighs> try again, <laughs> Jer- again. I'm getting a little excited here. I, I was I was excited to find that out because I'm like, oh, so this is actually like a piece that I could build around for the next three years. Because Garrett Schrader's not going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry no, about that. No, CFF only, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably going to take this deal. And I am going to... I'm going to probably keep the sixth round. And I'm probably going to offer the third round instead. See if, I like that. See if that, see if that. see if that's a deal breaker for him or not. Yeah, I think if you come down instead of him going up, that might that might seal the deal. So we'll see. We'll see how he, he reacts. So Yeah. All righty. So... We talked about that one long enough, but again, I think that was just an interesting trade to talk about. So we're going to talk about one final type of league type here. And again, as I promised, we're going to talk about a little bit about campus to Canton leagues and trading in those a little bit. I am by far not the expert to really talk about this. And neither am I. I was saying, not, no, <laughs> no offense to Brandon, neither is he. Uh, no. You got a whole staff that you could talk to about this, but we want to talk about it a little bit just from our perspective mm-hmm. about what we think is important in campus to Canton leagues in terms of their trading. Again, obviously you got guys like Austin, Colin, Alfred, all of those guys over there. They'll give you in-depth breakdowns. I did straight up ask Austin, so I can kind of read out to you guys what he finds important in a campus to Canton league trade. And then Brandon and I will kind of break it down from there. We'll talk about whether we agree with this or not. So I asked Austin, I said, what, what do you consider the most important things in a campus, in a C2C trade? And his words were, it's so tough because managers can have different objectives and both can nail a trade depending on those goals. 100% agree on that. We've been kind of reiterating that here where people are going to have different wants and needs in each of their trades, each of their teams. No, Nobody thinks about fantasy the exact same way. Continuing on. My biggest rule is that I won't trade an NFL stud for college assets unless Bijan or Travion are in there. Too much uncertainty, and typically, unless the college side pays more, which I've never heard of a league doing that, I'd view NFL assets as generally worth slightly more as long as they actually hold value. So, Brandon, listening to that, do you agree, disagree? Like, what are you thinking here as, like, a guy from more of a CFF background? 
I mean, it hurts my CFF heart, you know, knowing that the collegiate one, but it makes sense. Like, cause of the uncertainty, right? Like no one's guaranteed because the, you know, they haven't gotten to the NFL draft yet. We're, yeah. we're still like what a month or no, a month away from, you know, the maybe almost two uh, for the draft. The combine is literally just this week. Right. So yeah. we don't, we don't know. Right. So it's like, that makes sense. Like a Henderson, a Bijan, I would uh, maybe even see possibly like a, a Jameer Gibbs, possibly things like that, where they have the value enough to where you can um, not almost guarantee it, but as long as nothing crazy happens or God forbid injury, anything weird like that, you got a guy that's probably going to go in at least the first or second rounds, maybe third, but still have value with a team that's in desperate need of a running back that will see playing time. Right. Yeah. They won't, we get it. The NFL is more running back by committee, but there are some teams that, uh, their their RB one still gets like sixty percent of that share versus forty right of the RB two so there's still value to go along with it we've seen in certain cases in, in uh, college as well take Carolina with uh, Javante and Michael Carter right so I mean you can see where it, it's a success sometimes but um, this is in general like uh, I get it like the NFL is they're they already have an established team they usually have been with the same team for a few years you know what they're capable of and then you also know what they're not capable of. So it's like you have more certainty there. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, like I said, not me, not being the, I've played different versions, just not together. So I've never traded like a college person for a NFL person, but at the same time, like I understand being in a NFL dynasty and being in a CFF dynasty where you got to have similar values. And that's where the C2C makes it fun because, uh, you know, our guys on our staff, they can kind of break it down to you what's level and what's, you know, tier down, tier up, or how many players you got to have to make it more fair. So um, I, I, I agree with Austin. Yeah, I, I personally agree with Austin as well, where like I they are slightly more valuable than college guys because if this is a Devi league, like clearly, clearly yeah. it's – built to be more skewed towards the nfl like mm-hmm. devy guys are way less valuable they don't earn you any points but in a college in a csc league they are mm-hmm. earning you points on the college side so mm-hmm. you are looking at guys that like you know i'd be willing to trade like a lower nfl guy for a higher ed- a higher college guy for the mm-hmm. most part like i would be willing to do that now again he also again he adds the part in here where it's like, as long as the NFL assets actually hold value, which, yeah, that makes sense. Like, clearly, like, Bijan Robinson is not going to be worth less than, like, oh, I don't know, like, Frank Gore. Like, no, no, nobody can seriously look at you yeah. and be like, oh, he's already in the NFL, though. Like, he's clearly worth more. Like, same, same thing. Like, you might covet trail on Burks a little bit more than you would say Julio Jones at this point because of the exactly. declining years, right? You know, so that makes sense. Yeah, like the NFL doesn't. It's not a end all be all. But again, if the if the person actually has dynasty value, then they're probably going to have more weight than anybody you could get on the college side. Again, with some exceptions, like again, Bijan, Travion, I'd say Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are probably getting up there, in my opinion. Yep, uh, Caleb Williams is on the fast track oh, yeah. that way as well. I, I, so. I don't know. I don't know why I completely forgot about Caleb. It's all good. <laughs> anyway. Gonna turn on my light real quick because sun's go or it's getting real dark outside, so I just need a little light on me. Anyway, so let's go ahead and talk about a trade example here, and we're just gonna go. Sh- this is a very simple trade, nothing crazy about this one. Jameer Gibbs, Saquon Barkley, straight up. Which side are you taking, Brandon? 
well, me and Jared have a discussion before we started the pod, and it was a good discussion because we were we're talking about age. We're talking about how Saquon is look at between Gibbs and Saquon. If you're looking at just the college level, holy cow, Saquon Barkley was elite. He was the cream of the crop. Like when we talk about Nicholas Singleton, I talk to him almost in the same breath as I talk about Saquon Barkley, not saying that he's a Barkley, you know, a copy or anything like that. He's just a special talent. Saquon is special. Um, the man knows how to run with, with ferocity and vengeance, and he just knows how to – he's got that wiggle. He knows how to get downfield and get to the second level. He knows how to score touchdowns. Now, recently he's had a bit of the injury bug, so that kind of dampens because there's some uncertainty there. So that's where this trade becomes a little bit more. Uh, Saquon is 25, and me and Jared were talking like – most running backs in the NFL, usually after the age of 26 or 27, you kind of want to start looking at a you know trade type situation because they're still going to produce. But when they get to near that age 30, that's where you see a big, big drop off as far as production. Now we have Jameer Gibbs uh, was at Georgia Tech. Now he's at Alabama and he is the projected running back one. Um, I, you know, they're going to tie in probably Sanders and a few other ones there as well to relieve them. But Gibbs is going to be the guy. That's why he transferred there. Obviously, Saban offered him and Burton probably significant playing time and at least the chance to start, right? So, like, and being that Alabama running back, let's look at the lineage there, like Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, uh, even even B-Rob that's coming out of the draft now. He might be, like, fourth or fifth round, right, in an actual NFL draft, but I bet he'll be a great backup. And if someone goes down to injury, best believe Robson knows how to get the job done because Nick Saban taught him that well. So here's Gibbs. So now we're talking, you know, someone in their prime. Uh, I do agree with Jared. If uh, Saquon got out of New York and went to like a team that was in desperate need of running back, holy cow, Saquon Barkley would destroy. But we've seen Saquon in New York at 100%, and we know what he's capable of as far as a weekly basis. So do we see that Saquon? If that's the case, I probably would still say Saquon. Um, But if we start seeing, you know, but it is hard to not pass up not wanting Jameer Gibbs because now you have what, at least one year of college left, maybe even two, if he wants to stay. Um, And then now you have a team that's probably going to look at Jameer Gibbs. Well, he's that burner running back that we need. And of course now he has lineage there at Alabama. So that makes him a little bit more valuable than what he would have been at Georgia tech. So uh, it's probably a lot more even than what we think. I'm not the CTC specialist. So maybe uh, Jared might put a poll or something like that up or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. We'll see. Um, but for me personally, I lean Saquon, but it is really hard to say no to Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> yeah. After this episode releases uh, for you guys, I'm probably going to put up like Twitter polls and everything for some of the, some of these, I'm not going to put the one up with Nate where it's like, Oh, by the way, they no, also have 10% the fab at the keeper. And like <laughs> there's so many pieces to that one. I was just like, I'm not gonna be able to type that in 25, mm-hmm. uh, 25 characters or less absolutely not but no. this one i could easily p- kind of put it up there and be like hey c to c question yeah. jameer gibbs or saquon barkley i'll definitely tag yeah. tag the person who asked it's, uh, by the way that was a uh, b douglas uh, b douglas hey. shout out to you man uh he's the one who asked this question i thought it was a pretty good one but again this to me kind of exemplifies the c to c mindset where you normally would just kind of lean nfl guy like oh saquon barkley's mm-hmm. already in the nfl probably going to lean towards him and everything because we don't know mm-hmm. jameer gibbs is actually going to be that round two round three running back that a lot of us are expecting him to be because maybe he falls off maybe at alabama he just doesn't fit regardless of that but there's argument that barkley doesn't hold as much dynasty value as he used to and thus he's kind of approaching 
that realm where people might start considering the college side guy just over him, especially if you really are on the Jameer Gibbs bandwagon. So, again, to me, it's an interesting question. I personally side Barkley here uh, because I do think that once, if he gets out of New York and he gets on that second contract with somebody else, and hopefully he doesn't stay, or he stays healthy for the love of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, please. Please. Um, I need I him for I, Dynasty. Thank I, you. I, I, think he, I think he's going to be awesome somewhere. God, if, if the Falcons can somehow get him. Oh my gosh, yes. Don't tempt I, me with that. I, 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 I'm, I'm tempting <laughs> you with that one because I want that. I'm a Falcons man. Anyway, That's true. So that pretty much covers everything. Again, try to keep this organized as much as possible. We're, we hit a lot of different areas tonight, y'all. And if you yep. want more thoughts on this and everything you can always find me on twitter i'm at cff underscore jared you can talk to brandon he is at cff university and yeah like i said we're pretty much done with the show here y'all i appreciate you guys tuning in if you're watching this on youtube make sure you like subscribe leave comments down below all that good jazz if you're listening on podcasts make sure you follow make sure you leave any of those reviews if you are able to do so i already mentioned my twitter so brandon why don't you go ahead before we get out of here, kind of plug everything that you're kind of working on and let the people know where they can find you. Yep. Um, so just like I was telling you earlier, keep a lookout for the video format of uh, the future freshman podcast that's going to release on the campus to Caton channel. Um, we are going to be recording the next episode here pretty soon. So you'll have that by Friday. So be prepared. Uh, I got my friend, uh, Matthew Bruning, who is one of the uh, co-founders there of C2C. So he'll be able to give you a little bit of aspect of that while we talk about CFF uh, and a couple of these freshmen that are coming in. So I'm super excited. Uh, the uh, Big Fish Small Pond, I'm kind of excited about this one. And this one's not as well-known name. So this, should, say, be, this should be a good you, discussion. You won't even told, tell me which one this is. Not yet, because eventually this is another one you're going to need to put a gold star next to and be like all right just keep in mind because of the trend of what we're seeing in college so that if that makes sense you you might be able to start putting some pieces together right um so just be looking out for that like i said if you can leave uh leave a review five stars on both apple and spotify highly appreciate it um and also do the same for chase and natty because this is a wonderful podcast and there's a reason why i keep coming back and that's because jared does a fantastic job and i love being on there so uh thanks for having me again jared and uh looking forward to seeing you guys whether it be on twitter or you know off of youtube or any other places you might hear me on 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 uh on platforms for podcasting so yeah, absolutely. And again, Brandon, thank you so much again for coming on and appreciate you doing this two weeks in a row, talking Dynasty, whether it be absolutely. just getting everybody fun. ready, uh, now talking trades and everything. I'm thinking we're probably not going to do a freshman draft in the next couple of weeks, but I do think that after spring, because we're about to shift towards spring practices and eventually spring games and such, but when we have kind yeah. of a slow week regarding that and everything, I totally wouldn't mind bringing you on, bringing Nate, Chris Moxley on here. Let's do a freshman draft and just kind of do, like kind of run yeah, through one. Just that'd be fun. A couple of us. I think that would be a fun one to do. Even so, again, appreciate all of y'all tuning in. And yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up for you guys. So keep an eye out for that. With all that being said, y'all have a blessed day.